Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Whatever gets you through, look, you don't even need an excuse. You shouldn't yeah. even have an excuse. It should just be a daily ritual. Yeah, that's exactly yeah. right. Just a bit of self-love. Unless you're Annie and you buy a dildo finally and you try to use it and it breaks. It's faulty and you've got to email the company to tell them that it's faulty and I'm wondering who is getting this email on the other end, these <laughs> poor people who receive these emails yeah. from middle-aged women, you know, <laughs> complaining about their broken dildos. Yeah. And then I had to destroy oh, and, it. And you and had to break send, it. Yeah. You had to break it. And send photos of it to prove I had destroyed it. And it was, if that was not a metaphor for my sex life, <laughs> I don't bloody know what is because. They, they made you destroy it before they would send you another free one. Yeah. Yeah. Because there is nothing sadder uh <laughs> destroyed dildo that you've got to take a photo of. I mean, that is rock bottom. That's... <laughs> Welcome to Chicks Tree, everybody. This is a podcast where we talk about chicks in history. Um, it's also the podcast where if you didn't already hate men, you probably will after listening to this podcast. Yeah. Isn't that right, but, Evie? Because well, yeah. why? What do they do? What have we found they that just, men do throughout history? Every episode we hear about another woman who did something fucking amazing that some man took credit for. Exactly. We should just change it to men that dicks. <laughs> no, we love men. We do love men. Oh, and there are some men that listen to to this podcast. Yeah. So, hello, we do love you. Um, men are all gay. Yeah, is that who's drinking in the background? That's Sissy. Oh, get Sissy. We'll let her let it go. She's just had a sausage, so it's a salty. It's a salty food, so she needs to get that every in. time, every single time. Are oh, we done? I think the guy next door is about to start a drill. <laughs> My life. Welcome to lockdown four point Recording from our lounge rooms on the zooms. But today I can see a very special face joining us. <laughs> Who is that, Evie Jones? Oh, this week we have a, a wonderful guest. Her name is Nikki Britton, um, as Annie likes to call her, Connie Britton. And <laughs> she's my cousin. <laughs> we we went and saw um, Nikki only a oh god, it feels really long ago because of mm. lockdown but it was yeah. I think only like a month ago was that a couple of months at end your of, end of April so yeah like five five weeks and it was your last like show oh. it feels like forever ago it was your last stand-up show at the Melbourne Town Hall and it was one of the funniest things yeah I've and I can speak for everyone in the room we have ever seen like I, I, it was yeah, yeah. All you know what lulls. I liked about you so much is how you're a great comedian. Fucking that's that's done. Very, very funny. You're a very good writer. You're a very good performer. You worked an audience so well that when things go off the rails a bit, as they mm. do in live shows, I, I said the first thing I said to Annie afterwards is you would almost have thought that she's written that. It was so well responded to. Yeah. And you went so well. And there was three really big things in that particular show, uh, something where your shoe had come undone with the lace <laughs> and it's, you got another part of other shoe caught in it and, oh, fuck, it was good. And there was a girl with the stairs and the stones and the stairs and the rocks and the, yeah, fuck, it was funny. Rocks. It was so funny. Your responses mm. to the, all of the audience stuff, it honestly felt like you had written it. It was that good and it was that quick. Oh, so. Jeez, that is very, very kind and very sweet. And I feel all um, gooey in my heart centre. And I'm, I want to do that thing that so many of us do, where the, I, I call it compliment bulimia, where you, where you, yeah. you, you take a compliment and then you go, oh yeah, but I love you so much. <laughs> oh, I don't really deserve that yuck, but you're great. 
Um, so thank you so much. But equally, uh, you're all amazing, and um, you're only as good as your audience. So obviously, you guys were very good on the night. Yeah, it was I a fun remember. night. The last show, because you it's all, I mean, it's the end of a very long month and inevitably that last Sunday show, you're hungover, deeply hungover. You've barely got a voice. You're clinging to life and you're just kind of like, well, they're going to get what's left of me. Yeah. So it makes me, uh, I'm very grateful that you that you did enjoy it as much as it, it uh, went off the rails. Um, it was yeah, great. it was great. It was Thanks so God. good. And I've got to say, every time I have an itchy tit, I think of you. <laughs> Thank you. And now I do. I have a little scratch. And your mother. Oh, Nikki. And we've got, I just want to meet your mother, like your mother in in Fiji and that fucking, and the the fact that you had it, that you had a a video of it, it was just, (laughs) I mean, the audience doesn't know what the fuck we're talking about. Um, And I have asked you this on a DM, but is there going to be a Netflix special? Because it's such a great show. Like just something, YouTube, anything, you know, this needs to be recorded and popped up because a lot of people need to see it. Thank you, mate. Um, Look, there's no plans at the moment. I'm I'm doing it in Brizzy and Sydney dates upcoming, but I don't have any plans to record it. I'd bloody love to, though. So if anyone from Netflix is listening, Mm -hmm. I'm available. I'm ready. I'm here. Mm -hmm. Um, And if not, Netflix, Stan will do. Stan will do. Amazon will do. um, NBC, sure. All of it. Yeah, it deserves it. It deserves it. Yes, so when are you on in Sydney? You. When are you on in Sydney and Brisbane? Sydney is the 31st of July and then Brizzy is the 16th and 17th of July. I'm um, coming back to Melbourne for the Replay Festival at Comedy Republic in <sighs> August. Great. Amazing. Yeah. So we'll come along and watch again. Oh, thanks, you guys. Bring people. Yeah, it's if like you're a- listening and you haven't seen Nikki Britton, do your thing. As Molly Meldrum would say, do yourself <laughs> a bloody favour and go and check it out. We were like, we haven't, we needed a good laugh, and I haven't laughed because yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm not a loud laugher. Like I watch a funny True. show and I, 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 I'm like a, hmm. yeah, yeah, that's funny, or I say it's funny, but I was like, I kept looking at Evie and just like tears. Like we were, and it was so <laughs> relatable. I think anyone listening to our podcast who. Um, you know, is our sort of demo as well. Yeah, yeah. Like you will relate to the content so much. Um, well, that was the first thing we said as soon as, as soon as it's, it was over. We're like, we've yeah. got to get her on because yes. you, you know, it's not often that you see um, in the arts a woman like yourself um about like like ourselves, single without children, mm. and you know, TV, mm. radio. Everyone's got kids. Everyone's got family. That's what all the shows are all about. That's what they talk about. It's what all the content they're bringing. You look on the Instagrams and the TikToks, and people our age are all bringing that kind of um, storylines. And and it's so nice to just hear these real stories mm-hmm. said in such a funny way that make you laugh in that relatability way. That you know, because most of the time, you know, I go away with groups of girlfriends who have with children and, you know, they're getting away from their kids and it's lovely and, yay, let's talk about it. My kids are furry and I get really heartbroken when I have to leave them. So, I, yeah. you know, there's not a relatability in that kind of thing. So more more of that and, um, yeah, I think you should write a TV show as well. Oh, thank you so much, mate. This is <laughs> I feel like I've just come on here for 20 minutes of compliments. <laughs> I don't hate it. I do not hate it. Um, now, you are a single woman still, aren't you? Yes. And are you single? Yeah. Are you happy to be single? I really, I go through ebbs and flows of why would I ever be with anyone this life? <laughs> you know, it's not easy to carve out a life as a single person. And I don't mean... Because I cry so much on a Sunday night because I don't snuggle my boyfriend. I mean, like, the world is built for couples. Yeah. In order to buy a a buy property yeah. or yeah. do anything. Um, do anything. I mean, the tattoo line, very discriminatory. <laughs> um, just, just so many things. Mm. Um, per person, twin share holidays. Mm-hmm. You know, you yeah. say you're going away with your girlfriends. I do exactly the same thing. And I'm like, yeah, girls weekend. Woo. And they're like, oh, hang on. Let me just call home because, you know, and you're, you never, 
I don't know. Yeah, it's just not mm. catered. Yeah. It's celebrated. It's not, it's not yeah. celebrated as much. There's not a lot of one table, one seated tables, are there? That's exactly right. And if there are, it's there's a lot of pity coming your yeah. way. Well, to to pull that knife and fork away as they yes. take it away. I know. Yes. Just one. Mm-hmm. Just one. Just the, the, just the pity one. in the face of yeah. a waiter that just goes, oh, dining yeah. alone. Yeah. Dining alone, yeah. <laughs> Again. Uh, yeah. And I love it. It's This is the thing. I do, like, I really do love it. The only times I don't love it is when I'm having the best time. You know, like, I've taken the evening to go for a sunset walk on my own, having the best time. Or the other day I bought a new car, which was so exciting. Or, or like I'm trying to book a holiday at the moment and all of those things are such wonderful things that I'm kind of like, I just want to share it yeah. with someone. I yeah. just want yep. the excitement of looking in a new car or the excitement of dreaming up your next holiday destination mm-hmm. and having that first cocktail and cheesing at sunset and yeah. that's that's all I want. I don't want like, oh, but I can't afford a apartment on my own or, yeah. or you know, yeah. like, oh, not the dependency. Have kids. No, yeah, none of that. yeah, mm-hmm. totally. Mm-hmm. It's just that sharing of joy. Yes, exactly that. It's and sharing, sharing of um, of trauma as well. Like just someone mm-hmm. that you you know you can lean on when shit gets hard, and because yeah. life mm-hmm. gets really fucking hard, and you want someone with great strength of character to be by your side and go, this is a bit shit, isn't it? Yeah. And, you know, yourselves included, you, there's such an incredible community of single women out there mm. who are that support for each other. But sometimes you just want a really good dicking as well, you know? <laughs> sometimes. <laughs> sometimes you just want someone to root you until you forget your own name. And this is, this is true. This is, I've got to say, as Carrie would it's say, true. just to have the weight of a man. <gasps> yes. On yes. You see, and this is where they get us because this is the vicious circle because then, because you do want that and that's maybe that's all you want, you'll settle for something that's not so great because you only want that. But then you're like, so then you have to give up on the stuff that you oh, should stuff. really be caring about yeah. because all you want is that. But yeah. there's nothing yeah. wrong with that. But it's, it's just yeah. vicious. Circle of like, well, uh, yeah. I don't know. For me, I I really, I've had a history of being, um, you know, having extreme thinking, sort of like addictive thinking or Mm -hmm. black and white thinking. And I really try and sit in the grey, be comfortable with the grey and the unknown and all of that stuff. This is one area though, and I don't know if you guys are the same, where I am 100% happy, never want someone, don't want anyone, it's totally fine, I'm all good. Or I'm like, I am so fucking lonely or I just need to feel the weight of a man on me or, you know, this is just so unjust that there are so many wonderful women and so few men. And and I don't seem to be able to find the middle ground of that argument in my own mind. Yeah, I I think we're all. I think, I mean, Annie's a lot more there than I am. I feel like I've gotten a lot bitter um, in my older age, but there is such an, I feel, a sense of unfairness is a really good word that Mm. you look at who you are as a person and you're like, I want someone to be so incredibly in love with who I am as a person to... And it sounds so dumb, but to feel that validation that, you know, someone can love absolutely every inch of you mm. and want and want to change absolutely nothing about you and that there are, you know, those kind of relationships are out there and you see them and you're like, I deserve that, uh, you know, and, mm. and you try really hard and I think I've gotten really good at being fine without it, but... You know, it, it's those times when, you know, it's an evolution thing. We are here to connect. And I know yes. we have these amazing connections with, with friends, yes. family, um, animals, but mm. there is a connection with a, a soul partner that, like mm. a sexual partner, that is unlike any other connection that you can make. And I think mm. there's absolutely nothing wrong with being really extremely sad that you haven't found that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think the older you get, 
it changes. Like I think being in your sort of, tw- I mean, we think we're, we're a little bit older than you are, Nikki, but I think the older that you get, you start to redefine what a relationship is or what you want in a partner or, um, you know, you're not going to, I don't want the fairy tale, like, mm-hmm. you know, oh my God, we've got the whole rest of our lives to like get a house and have a baby. And, but it's like, we don't, I don't have that. So I need to find other things that are going to stimulate me in that way. So, you know, that's where things like, you know, interests and hobby, like, it sounds like, you know, we're in our seventies, but it's like having this, having a partner who is like into the same things that you're into rather than building a life together. Like it's a different it's a completely yeah. different. A different partnership, isn't it? It's yeah. a different partnership. would have looked at it as. It's yeah. funny when you look at when you're younger and you look at your friend's mum who was single and had a partner and mm. they didn't live together and you're just like, oh, so weird. weird. Like why, what, why? They yeah, mustn't really weird. like each other or realising now at this age that that's an um, actual really appealing yeah. idea. <laughs> It's a yeah. very healthy have, version of events. Yeah, have to have separate bedrooms would be lovely. <laughs> have your own independence because it is that dependence, isn't it, that I think the patriarch has made us, you know, fall into that, you know, to be with a partner. Yeah. You have to be dependent on them. Yeah. And I think that's where feminism is really coming um up against that that breaking of the patriarch now is that mm. we we're actually completely fine alone. Yeah, um, we just want to love and connect with someone yeah. and they don't get it. They're just like, but but you need to, no, I need to control you somehow. I need to provide for you somehow. I need to make me feel better about myself because I can, you know, I can't just love you. Mm. Yeah, mm. It's, it's really interesting. I think, I think that, I think, you know, we're probably 20 years or a few generations a part in the development of women saying, you know, we're redefining uh, redefining um, the role of a relationship and what mm-hmm. a relationship looks like for us based on the growth that we've been able to achieve, whereas men are really just scratching the surface of kind of undoing that toxic masculinity and what goes with that is the the gender role of but I must save you, I must yeah. protect you, I must mm. heal you, I must lift you, I must change yeah. a light bulb for you. Yeah. 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 Uh, you in order for me to be valid, to be valid, you have yeah. to be weaker. Yeah. Or in, in order for, you know, me yeah. to be a man, mm. you need to, I need to offer you something. But women are like, well, we can kind of do it ourselves at the moment. So what we need from you now is for you to value connection. Yeah. We need mm-hmm. you to value the intimacy yeah. that we want. That is the thing that you can offer us. Yeah. And yeah. They, you nailed it. You nailed it, Nikki. Yeah. That's so yeah. true. And because so that's true. exactly at the end of the day what they want as Absolutely. well. Absolutely. But it's dressed up. You, dressed up. To be honest, dressed up as a feminine value. Yeah, that's and right. There is no no strength, no power, no worth given to feminine values despite they're not really being feminine or masculine connections yeah, that's to right. humans yeah, need it. exactly but yeah um yeah you're it's the right same way i feel when people Bang are on. like it's a chick flick and you say immediately the value of that movie goes down yeah mm-hmm. we're watching a car jump over a bridge as though that's gonna happen in real life <laughs> yeah like i've subscribed to a man and a woman meeting in an unlikely scenario yeah yet, you know <laughs> Fast and the Furious is going to happen. Driven a car over a bridge, and I'm supposed to believe that. Yeah, yeah. It's, um, you know, hundred percent. I feel like <laughs> who was the old guy in that movie? Dennis Dennis Hopper. Yeah, because Dennis yeah. Hopper is going to have a mangled hand and only be able to hold the phone this way the entire movie. What was that? It drives me insane every time I watch fucking Speed and Dennis Hopper has got his left arm with the phone crossed over his chest onto his other ear, which seems both ears seem fine. So what the fuck? Why does he do that? But that's a whole other podcast, Nikki. Hey, if you're enjoying this episode, which we know you probably are, let's face it, um, can you do us a favour and subscribe, Mm. review us, Mm. 
What else, Evie? Give us five stars. Oh, five stars, please. Thank you. Follow us on the Instagrams as well because um, when we remember, we do put updates there. We do. Chickstreet underscore well. podcast. That's it. And um, if you want to email us, you can. Mychickstreet at gmail.com. The end. Alrighty, so we want to know, Nikki, these are just a little quick fire round questions, mm-hmm. um, you know, just to get to know you a little bit more. Sure. We like to delve into your, your iPhone, see what you've been up to recently. and um, oh, Like the Northern Territory Government. <laughs> <laughs> I I say that off the back of having been to Howard Springs quarantine That's facility right. at the beginning of the year and they are like, We'll look through your phone, your photos, your bank statements, anything to prove that you were or were not in a hot zone. Right. Zone. Really? Right. Yeah. That's, um, that's big brother uncut. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so let us know, what's the last song you listened to? Um, I, it, uh, Janet Jackson and Luther Vandross, Best Things in Life Are Free. Oh, oh. such a good song. It's a Great song. song. Do you know I only just looked at the lyrics of that song? I've never known the lyrics, like, properly. And you know that... That's not like you. You know the rap bit at the end, in the middle eight bit, I didn't know what any of those words were and you'll be surprised at what they are. Is it good or is it like... It's not good, no. It's boring, boring, and it's about money and... Oh, yeah. What, like money being good or just being like? I can't remember, but it wasn't good. It was boring. I get that and um, to that two steps forward, two steps back. back. Pull her up. Pull together. together. Yeah. yeah, Paula Abdul. Was that with Luth- Luther Vandross as well? Yeah, no, it was with a cat. <laughs> <laughs> It was an he animated ra- the cat rats. It, it was an animated cat, but the cat, cat was no one, I don't think. And it, he oh. was never, it never said featuring someone. Hey, Siri, who sang with Paula Abdul on Opposites Attract? Opposites Attract is by Paula Abdul. No, <laughs> no feet. There's no feet. No feet. No featuring, feet featuring no one. Featuring no one. Uh, yeah, because I always thought that that was really mean to do that. Michael Jackson, do you remember he did a song and he had a girl on it and he never said who she was either. These mm. people, they don't say who they are. That's now, rude. Now that I'm thinking of Opposites Attract, is there anyone else singing in that song with her or is it just the video clip is so iconic? No, it's a man. It's like, it, there's, there's a man. man. Yeah, because then there's a rap. Remember, yeah, she oh, says, rap, of course. I like yeah. to do something and she goes, I like to smoke. The Janet Jackson song, Luther Vandross, <laughs> way better. <laughs> way, way better. Way better. More yeah. money, yeah. more money. It. Um, what's the last podcast you listen to? You don't have to say ours. Oh. <laughs> I listened to yours a week ago when we first planned to do this <laughs> and then COVID struck us. Um, She's never listened again. <laughs> the dropout, actually. I, the yeah. dropout, yeah. The, the woman who um, oh. pretended to invent... A medical device. A medical device. It was like hundreds of mil- maybe a couple of billion dollars of yeah, money raised. Yeah, fascinating. And, and, and investors. Yep. Yeah, and she just yep. cooked it. The science yep. was never sound. Um, <laughs> she just made it all up. And I yeah. remember she also wore a black skivvy because she wanted to look like Steve, Steve Jobs. Jobs. Yeah. So she would, she changed Shit. her look. She changed the way she spoke. Her voice. Yeah. yeah. So that she'd and, be taken more seriously. Yeah. I know. Wow. That, that's kind of sad, isn't it? It is. And she was kind of the poster, poster girl for um, being a young entrepreneur. She figured, uh, she started this business when she was 19 and she became a millionaire within a year or something. Wow. Oh, built, mm-hmm. Like, you know, huge, yeah. huge stuff was on the front of Forbes, did all these. What, from lying? Massive. The but entire thing? Basically, I mean, the the jury is quite literally still out because she hasn't gone to trial yet, but um, the 
there's a question over whether her intentions were actually good and pure. Uh, what she was trying to do was create a way of doing blood tests from one drop of blood. So you could just That's do a it. fingerprint test mm. and it could tell you if you had cancer or diabetes or anything rather than, you know, an injection and taking vials and vials and vials of blood. But it, it was never going to work. Like, mm. and from day dot, people said that's impossible. You just, you can't do 200 tests from one drop of blood. But she just ignored them all and um, forged ahead, convincing everyone she was a genius. Um, so, yeah. Wow. Like, obviously she lied. It was absolute mm. falsity from top to bottom. But the intention, apparently they're going to argue that the intention. Right. Yeah, it's fascinating. Just how, yeah. just her, her psyche of just... I don't care that the science isn't there. I just, if you believe it, it's yeah. true. She sounds so. like Belle Gibson. <laughs> bit, bit she like sounds that. like a lot of yeah, crazies. men I know. <laughs> a lot of, there's a lot of funny belief. They just, Angie and I often say to each other, oh, to have the confidence of a mediocre yes. white man yes. is like you just forge forward in, in the world because Absolutely. you truly believe you can. It and doesn't do occur to you that. No. that you can't. They never get in their own way the way women do. Mm. Absolutely mm-hmm. not. Well, the, the podcast I listened to before that was Who the Hell is Hamish? Love I've that heard. as well. Yeah. I've heard that one, yeah. So good. And yeah. I mean, literally con, con man, confidence man, like. Mm-hmm. Mediocre white man. Blows your mind. The last TV show you watched? <laughs> I stayed up until 2 o'clock this morning watching Mayor of East. <sighs> Oh, we were going to talk yeah. about it this week. We were yeah. going to talk about it this week. Left. Oh, 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 we can't. You got to 2, to 2 a.m. and you didn't finish I it. I know. Oh. Well, do you know what? Because I was like, Nikki, think this through. Tomorrow's Friday <laughs> night, mate. Bring this week home with a good what else have you got to do? You do it all tonight. Oh, I hear you and I feel I you. But fuck yeah. me, I re- we got to last week, last episode, we talked about the episode you've just watched yeah. and how the next time we talked was going to be, oh, we've watched the finale and let's talk about it. But who do you think is the killer? Because we both know who it is. Yeah. And well, I mean, I feel... It's twist after turn after it twist is. after turn, isn't it? But I feel like the brother Billy? Um, the younger brother or the older brother? The younger brother. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh. Was that question? Was, that question <laughs> was it loaded? No, maybe. Loaded? Maybe not. I'm not um, saying a thing. It just, I, I, obviously they're leading me in that direction, but also I was like, well, he's only come home bloody. That doesn't mean that he killed her. That just means that he was possibly at the scene of the crime um, and he seems to be admitting to it. But if someone has stitched him up, if he was really drunk, if he wasn't in the right mind, maybe he's been fed that lie. I don't know. Now that you said that, Mm -hmm. maybe it's the older brother. Well, we'll soon see. Oh, we'll soon see. Well, you'll soon see. We've seen. Yeah. It is a great, it's a great ending. Yeah, I was. Oh, there was Brilliant. so much, you know. Everyone was banging on about it and giving it such a big plug. Yeah, and I watched the first couple of episodes, and I was like, "Look, mm. I'd follow Kate Winslet into war. I think she's yep. extraordinary and exquisite." Yep. And uh, the fact that she demanded that the director leave in a roll of fat around her belly in the demanded. sex scene, yes. I'm just like, "Well, I mean, there's so many reasons to love you, and that's just another one to another make one. you incredible. I didn't Queen. know that. That's amazing. Yeah, she yeah, did. She, she and she always has. Yeah, you know, remember her in Little shop. Children when she had the sex scene with Patrick mm. Wilson, and I love that. Movie made sure so that much. they got her on mm. breast on the side, and you could see it was sagging already. And you know, she was she's always been really instrumental in making sure that they shoot her like she was on the cover of Vogue, I think, and they. Um, airbrushed her thigh gap and she went to town like she talked to anyone she could that would listen to do an article Mm. to say that this is absolutely not how my legs look amazing I love her so yeah okay last question last question uh what is the last thing that gave you joy oh this morning I went for a walk just a beautiful walk in nature and beautiful it was I mean it's always just I just love it. I'm just such a (laughs) bird. Yeah, that's great. 
Um, <laughs> now we'll get into your chick in history. I'm very excited about your chick in history because uh, it's a very good one for you and it's a good, it's, it's just a, an excellent chick. And you know what? I don't know a lot about her personal life, so this is yeah. very exciting. Well, I don't know who you're doing, so this is oh, <laughs> even better. For me. Um, I'm very excited to tell you about Lucille Ball. <gasps> Oh, my God. Oh, Lucy. And you're right, Evie. We all know who she is, but we probably don't know. Yeah. A lot about her. I mean, she's a real personal hero of mine. Um, I grew up, I I lived a lot with my grandparents when I was growing up. And, like, I Love Lucy was just standard viewing every night. Yeah. Um, We were watching her pull all sorts of rubber-faced, rubber faces, I should say. (laughs) Rubber faced, rubber faced expressions. Yeah. Thank you, mate. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. uh, rubber faced expressions in black and white, just so far ahead of her time. It felt like at a time when women were valued for their domesticity and being mm. pleasant and happy to look at and not make a fuss. And she was. She was a clown. She was the purest form of clown. Yeah. And God forbid be funny, right? I know. God forbid. And God forbid we laugh at a woman's flaws and faults and foibles. Mm. Like that's Mm. that was unheard of, really. So not only did she was she in I Love Lucy, she wrote it. So she began her career in Hollywood as an as a model. And an actress, and she kind of got you know smaller roles and stuff, but was really kind of a glamazon of Hollywood. And then was like, oh, you know what's more exciting though? Being funny. Yes. I'm not interested in this. So I mean, still absolutely incredibly beautiful, but she wrote the I Love Lucy show, and it first went to air. Well, she she was they did the first season when she was 40 years old. No way. Really? 40 when that show very first went to air. Wow. She continued, yeah, she continued making it for years. Um, when she was 42, she was pregnant and they said, well, we absolutely can't have a pregnant woman on the television. We've never done that in America. That breaks all our censorship laws. It's quite like a vulgar at the time. It was considered vulgar. And she was like, cool, except um, absolutely not. I'm not stopping working. <laughs> And you can sort your shit out, you boring idiots. And she was the first pregnant woman on American television and, like, you know, television pretty much around the Western world. At 42 years old, she was pregnant on television. Even that in itself in those days. Absolutely. I mean. Um, And her husband at the time, Desi Arnaz, was obviously her husband in the show and he was Cuban-American and they weren't going to let the show go ahead because there was absolutely no mixed race couples on television, let alone Cuban people at all on television. Again, she put her foot down and said, well, watch me make a show that's viewed by more people in America than anything else. And it was. And it was. And she did that. So she forged ahead. She, you know, (laughs) like... She's such a pioneer. She so really is. Amazing. It's amazing. Then she created Desilu Productions. So this was a production house where they, um, you know, she was an EP on, on uh, I Love Lucy. So they sort of created their own production company, which they then went on to sell and now still exists, but they renamed it Paramount Pictures. <gasps> that is Lucille Ball. She started what? Paramount. Are you Pictures. kidding? I shit you not. And from when, like when she was wow. still there, like still kind of, I, I don't know if she was the head of it or if she was, um, you know, like I don't know how involved she was, but basically mm. when she was still there, they commissioned Mission Impossible, they commissioned Star Trek. So these wow. phenomenally big shows, hugely successful, she was she had a hand in. She was behind them. Wow. Why don't we hear that story? Why don't we Mate. know that? This Mate. is every week. We this is why we do this podcast. <laughs> why is that not in history books? Why what? is that not in TV? Wow. History, you why know, everything. Every, like she's, I mean, in LA there are a few murals. Like I've been obsessed with 
Lucille Ball since I was very, very, very young. Mm. Um, mm. Lucille Ball and Cindy Lauper, my two real heroes. You just love a redhead, don't you? I love a redhead. <laughs> I love a redhead that breaks the rules. That's yes. My, that's yeah. my niche. Yes. Um, <laughs> but she's she's quite, you know, celebrated in in Hollywood, but in that kind of like old-timey Hollywood feel but she mm-hmm. was so much more than that and she's so cutting edge and still truly like we feel the reverberation of the work that she did today yeah big time like yeah. big wow i know what any of her kids single <laughs> <laughs> jesus like that is an empire right yeah. started by her by a woman that's still one of the biggest powerhouses today yeah. yeah and you think of paramount and i don't know I, in my head i picture men in suits mm, right yeah, yeah. and around a big boardroom table could well be now I it could know. exactly oh, it would be, it would be. Yes, i don't know absolutely um, but to would know be. that but when you think of yeah. when you hear the word paramount you don't think of lucille ball no do you no, you don't no. think of desi lu which is what it was originally no. known as and yeah. we should. We should think exactly of that. Like when you when you hear, what was Maya used to be called? Grace Brothers. Grace Brothers. Every mm. time I see Maya, I think Grace Brothers. Mm. Yeah. Mm, mm. And it's like because that's what it originally used to be. Why don't we know these stories? If what, yeah, why don't we think Desi Lou when we see Paramount? Absolutely. And that's also, incredible. There's such an um, enormous and absolutely justified conversation about diversity on screens and in the media. She was the trailblazer. Yeah, it yeah. really was. Yeah. There's so many conversations about women and women's bodies and, and you know, um, feminism and making sure that our choices are. She was the trailblazer. I can't, I can't imagine. She's such a funny, incredibly funny woman that how serious she must have been able to be yeah. to have mm. meetings with men, real misogynistic men, mm. who and convince them to let her do these, just two of these things, be pregnant on TV and have an interracial relationship on TV. Mm. Yeah. Like how, how, how incredible must her skills of negotiation have been? Mm. Right. Even to, to for her to have a show where she's funny, like I'm going to do a show and I'm I'm yeah. the lead I'm and the I'm going to be a funny woman on yep. TV. Imagine. All right, is that yeah. okay, guys? And the, the husband's going to me. Yeah, and the husband's yeah. going to be the bit player. He's going to be the fall like the straight the straight guy to my fall yeah. fall guy. Yeah, like funny. That, I mean, I please 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 tell me one that I'm missing. But I cannot tell you a TV show on air now that does that. I mean, not the Catherine Tate show, but that's kind of a different beast. Yeah, com- that's sketch comedy completely. Mm. Yeah. Mm. But like, no, sitcom, sitcom. A, a sitcom that is written by a, a woman, woman lead and named after or, you know, after that woman, show. the character. The last mm. one I can think of was Roseanne and... Roseanne, that's true. And that's not on anymore. That's that's called the Connors now, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. And there I mean, sh- others, I'm sure. I'm sure there is. I want there to be. Yeah. Ellen. But okay. mm, that's a very old Tell one. Me, yeah. yeah. We're talking right now that still goes to air. Well, that we're aware of. Um, there might be a lot more in the sort of cable American yeah. cable mm-hmm. landscape. But um I'm still trying to wrap my brain as to just one that we know of. <laughs> no. I'm probably very, very wrong and there's people will probably write and go, oh, there's heaps. But yeah. you know what? They would never have had their show if it wasn't for Lucille Ball. So. No. That's yeah. it. And no. they're not 42 and pregnant and in a, um, you know, right. biracial marriage. So I mean, no. you could literally Kicked, I mean, Jesus. She was born in 1911. Right. So, uh, yeah, I Love Lucy went to air in 1951. Wow. That's a really long show that that went for because I remember that show going for, like, always being on. Yeah, I remember it growing up as well. I remember it always being on in the background. Yeah, yeah. And going colour, like, no, I don't remember it going colour, but um, I remember that it was like Happy Days. It went from different sets, like it really did change with time. 
yeah. and watching it. And the kids, you know, Desiana's junior came on and yeah. <laughs> uh, I wonder what a woman she... like that becomes a woman like that. You know, what yeah, what yeah, her yeah. mum and dad must have been like to encourage. I mean, that's the one thing that we've found. There's this recurring theme in our chicks in history is that they have parents who encourage them to to mm-hmm. be like a bloke who just they just go you know yeah. you you can have an education as well and mm-hmm. you know you are just as good as your brothers yeah that it seems to be you know there's a lot of women who will you know overcome adversity and become who they are today but there's so many really successful women who have parents who've said to them you can be anything you want to be yeah. It's, it's amazing how it's such a simple thing, but as a child to be told that, um, it stays with you. Absolutely. You Especially can be a mediocre those... white man as well if you want to be. Yeah. Especially in those times too because, you know, obviously we're talking about chicks from history, so they're growing up in the, you know, early kind of 20th century, sometimes 19th century, mm. and they've got um, one thing I've noticed is that there's a lot of um fathers who who play a really strong role in women who have gone on to do great things who have encouraged their daughters to um you know I'm thinking of Mariah Mitchell who you know spotted the first um comet and her her father was um you know used to encourage her to go up onto the roof and and look out um and she'd scan the skies with her dad you know and that was at a time when only girls were allowed to look at the sky during the day yeah, she studied astronomy, but she wasn't allowed outside at night. Oh, girls were not allowed. And, mm. and, and, you know, people like Edith Cowan, who was on our $50 note, her father was the one who, yeah. you know, encouraged her to kind of get political and get into the things that she got into. Right. So it, it does make a big difference to have a mm. good man at the head or in the house, not at the head. But. <laughs> I, I mean, I saw it and I left it. you know what I loved the most about Lucille Ball's show was she had a best friend that was just a beautiful relationship it was so funny and so real and just you know the way they would talk to each other and be so you know what I guess you know they were like the Laurel and Hardy and you well, just didn't see women doing that. Yeah, like that. exactly right. And they were funny and they were, you know, partners in crime and they got themselves into trouble and, you know, for a, um, it, it almost passes the Bechdel test, I think. Well, yeah. Only yeah. that uh, there wasn't enough women, just there wasn't enough actors in it um, for there to be, you know, more than two women talking about anything other than male uh, their relationships with men with men yeah you know after that show I'm just thinking of um as far as like women shows today we can't think of any but straight after or during that time you know the Mary Tyler Moore show Rhoda um those kind of shows they were Mm. really big weren't they they were and Murphy 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 Brown Murphy Brown um Roseanne after that I knew it would be wrong they closely came straight after Lucille started. Yeah. Um, and it's interesting and- to look, like that was 1951 when that started and she would have been doing those negotiations in 1950. Yeah. Like we talk about the 50s housewife and we talk about, you know, yeah. take me back to the 50s, what are you talking about? When in fact she was doing that, she was blazing this trail literally in that decade. Yeah. And it's interesting also to think of the moment in history because the Second World War had obviously finished five years earlier and possibly women were being valued for more than just being mothers and wives. Because yeah, they, they really were. And they, they all had to that, step up. They were in that mm. mindset. It was the 50s yeah. marketing men, madmen, who really had to turn the thinking around because women had been running everything by that, yeah. by 1950, they were in the, the driver's seats. So she would have come in with that mindset and never let it go and didn't get turned the way so many women did end up getting turned to go back into the domestic role mm. and mm-hmm. to go back to the back seat driver, not driver, well, back just a passenger. Yeah, well, we've talked about that before, about even the fashion, you know, the, the, the 40s, the 30s, you know, 40s fashion mm. of women being able to sort of 
look quite androgynous and you know yeah. their body they you know wore kind of comfortable waist comfortable waist got rid of all the stuff you know or but and yep. then 50s came and everything yep. got sucked back in again short waist little waists you know yep. women High in heels. dainty little skirts and you know yep. pop on a lip Point, for your husband pointy boobs gets home yeah pointy get your wires out yeah. yeah i mean yeah, that's very much got that going on in the show <laughs> Yeah, she and does. she rocked it. She's she a does. model. Rocked but she's also she's hilarious. Tiny waist. Yeah. Well, that's but, it. but it was all behind the scenes. It was all of that. You know, she would have had to do the negotiating. She would have had to say, I'll dress like that. I will do all. Yeah. Don't worry. I'm going to still look like every American housewife because I'm in a house. It's set in my house. It's yeah. just going to be about me being the funny one. And they're like, I don't know if it's going to work, doll. I just don't know. (laughs) It's so like, and especially coming from being a model as well, like you would, I mean, I thought she was just as beautiful when she was 40 as you see of the photos earlier, but I wonder what shifted. Like I wonder if Mm -hmm. her, you know, they talk about the magic age of 32 that's possibly become 38 in Hollywood with a bit of Botox, but that you're uncastable after that and Mm. um, how possibly as a model she wasn't getting as much work and she turned to this. Or did she, Mm. I mean, we'll never know, but was she just so frustrated with being seen as an object and, you know, being in that particular Mm -hmm. scene in order for a man to ask her where the bar is and then she'll direct him like... She totally. was clearly a woman whose mind, curiosity, creativity was just like screaming out of her to be recognised. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And she and, um, really had some ovaries on her as well because coming from a model world, can you imagine what she would have been subjected to? Yeah. And she's not shrunk. She's gotten taller. That's mm. right. So many women don't. They just they just get out of it, and it's like no, nah, absolutely not. But she, you know, had a voice, and she really used it. And it's quite incredible to think that what she would have been subjected to as a model in that uh-huh. time, and yeah. you know, just and ke- would have kept you know thinking, I've got to keep my looks. I've got to keep my looks. All my whole career is over. And she's like, no, nah, absolutely not. So much more to me than that. Mm. Amazing. Wow, Lucille Ball. Do we know when she died? She died in 1989, I believe. But she worked up up until the, you know, day she died and she was um, making stuff, creating stuff, making new shows right up until the end. So, And also her daughter and son, I believe, were, you know, like kind of took the mantle and kept. Yeah. Uh, doing mm. stuff, yeah. Well, Desi Arnaz Jr. became very successful, very in his own right as an actor um, and musician. Mm. I remember that, and because he became quite a heartthrob, right? Yeah, and then mm-hmm. and then wasn't anymore, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and then wasn't. Well, yeah. thank you so much for sharing that story. We both were like, "What." So good. Oh, mate. It's, Thank you. It's it's Lucy. I'm channeling her and yeah. offering her to you. <laughs> so good. It's It's been so wonderful to have you on. Thank you so much for going out of your time, out of your way to make time for us. My pleasure. And you're currently on How to Stay Married? Yeah. Yeah. Um, every is Tuesday night. Every Tuesday night. So everyone can still watch you. And is that got a second, another, se- not second, another four, fourth season would be? Fourth. Well, we sort of have to see how uh, ratings go and then talk to the network. But um, look, we've all got our fingers very firmly crossed because it is such a fun show to it be is, a part of. And yeah, it good. creates such a beautiful atmosphere. And uh, yeah, we've all really become a family now. So. Oh, good. It is yeah. a great show. It's it's quite lovely. And I just love Australian content, like anything mm. Australian, keep it going as far yeah. as I'm concerned, keep everyone in jobs. Right. Um, so, and it's, and it's a bonus if it's good. <laughs> totally, <laughs> totally. You know what? We, um, going into this third season, we all kind of got together and had our rehearsals and someone brought up the fact that an Australian sitcom on commercial, on a commercial network has not run to a third season since Acropolis now. 
Oh, that's dreadful. Wow. Yeah, that's we've dreadful. had them on ABC and we've, um, wow. you know, had, had them at one or two seasons. But, yeah. And it's, yeah, that's not good. It's really interesting, you know, you don't know whether the network's expectations are too high. I think so. I think that I think we're too yeah. hard on our, show, our local content. Our I really do. Mm. I think we, yeah. we give American shows so much leeway and we don't do that to ourselves and I think it's, it's really important that we, we do. But, you know, we're not running the world yet, Nikki. Not yet. Not yet. Not when yet. we do, though, big <laughs> fucking difference, mate. Yeah. Nikki, where can people find you? On the Instas? You can find me on the Instas at, at the Nikki Britton. All the other Nikki Britton options were taken. I'm not Love like, it. hey, I'm the Nikki I'm the one. Hello. <laughs> uh, my favourite is the real when you get someone the says the real one. Yeah, and they're not. Um, the and fan. then I've got a Facebook page. I've got a Twitter page. That's all, you know. You're on all the things. Nikki Britton or, you know. You just spread yourself everywhere. And you also have a podcast. Yes. um, uh, With Nova Podcasts and Harley Breen is our co-host and it's called Mates Talking About Stuff and that's literally all it is. Uh, Harley and I having a good chat and inviting a bunch of mates to come along and chat with us. It's good. I listened Amazing. to the first episode. It was quite rude and blue and I quite liked it. <laughs> <laughs> I know. We walked out and went, well, that's chock-a-block with poo and sex, isn't it? We'll see if we can clean it up for the second episode. And then we promptly did not. Good. So, Brilliant. Um, good. Yeah, Keep it, it real. You about- be you. <laughs> that's it. Well, thank you so much for coming on. We really appreciate it and we really enjoyed it. My pleasure, guys. Thank Thanks so you. much for having me. And we can't wait to see you in Melbourne again in the flesh when we can. Look at you. You've got to the end. So if you're still listening, I'm just going to give you a few little credity bits. Executive producers of this podcast is me, Evie Jones, and of course, Annie Potatoes. But we've also got Sam Peterson. He's our producer, our editor, our wine boy, our whipping boy. He does everything. And he's also got a great podcast called Confessions of the Idiots. You know, if you all listen to us, we appreciate you. Follow us on Instagram at chickstreet underscore podcast. And you can email us at mychickstreet at gmail.com.